I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Soul Sisters. I'm Dara Golub here today without my co-host, Jesse Katz, doing this full intro. Um, she uh, is on vacation as many people are are doing this summer, as I'm about to do. Um, so it's been tough to get people together for a podcast, um, but we did manage to do that with Becca Stevens, who I'm so delighted to introduce you to. Um, Becca Stevens is a beautiful, wonderful musician whom I actually knew at the New School for Jazz when we were both students there. Um, she actually so kindly allowed me to film her for my documentary, which I started um, in 2006, and she was a senior and I was a freshman there. Um, so I actually sort of captured the inception of her band, the Becca Stevens Band, which she started when she was um, finishing school and now 10 years later is touring the world with. She was just in London. Um, the day that we recorded this podcast, actually, she was headed to Nice the next day to do um, the Nice Jazz Festival. And uh, later on after the podcast, we were we were together and she got the news of the Nice attack. Um, so she did end up going to Nice, but not playing the festival. The festival was canceled, but, um, Becca is really all around the world playing with different people, collaborators, um, different incredible jazz musicians. She's a, she's a mix between jazz, folk, pop. It's really all of the things you can't uh, classify it. Uh, and we get into that, how hard it is for a musician with so many talents and so many different things that they're pulling from, how to put that in a box, um, which we all want to do because it's easier to understand who we're about to listen to and what we want to check out. But but Becca's really a very unique talent, a unique singer, songwriter, guitar player, charango player, ukulele player. She plays all of these things. Her band, there's 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 piano, there's accordion, bass, all you know, percussion, wonderful lyrics, different, you know, rhythms happening, uh, pulling from all these different genres and and forms of music and it's wonderful and she's hilarious i forget jesse and i got to see her at her show at rockwood music hall recently with the becca stevens band and um uh she's not only an incredible um musician but she's very funny and we had a lot of laughs on this podcast so i hope you enjoy it um i really encourage you to check her out online all the places you can find music and videos um she's with her third album as i said perfect animal and um uh yeah check her out all over the world wherever you can and let's get into the conversation becca stevens i just joined um snapchat yeah not for the chatting part but for the snapping part okay and um 
Oh, it's horrible for chatting. Yeah. Yeah, People who try to have a conversation on there, it's like, get out of here. Move it over to text. But that's the snap. You're chatting through snapping. But the snapping part, I spend a majority of of my free time snapping. I spend maybe like an hour a night snapping. Really? What are you snapping? I mean, I'll just do like... Like filters and stuff? Yeah, like just do little videos of my face looking really funny and I'll do like 20 different takes to try and get it perfect <laughs> and then speed it up and do it in reverse. Like me and Taylor Agassi were playing with it a couple of days ago and, you know, got lots of really great material oh of, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so it, fun. I love it. Yeah. Do you think of it as part of a larger like jobby thing that feels like it's contributing to your work or are you like this is just fun and it happens to be content i think it can contribute to your work on like the social media level that's what i mean yeah you can be like look i'm silly too and we can all laugh during these hard times together right so will you let anybody follow you on instagram on snapchat or friend you or whatever it's called haven't really got like our that fans far. following you <laughs> i don't know okay i don't even know how to accept i see i'm over the the age where you actually understand what it's for i think <laughs> um they but you're know, really good at instagram no but they say that if you're 25 years and older yeah. you don't understand the app like you you can't snapchat specifically not, yeah Some, they're like made it intentionally it's like confounding. learning a foreign language <laughs> yeah. like at a certain point you're yeah. never gonna be fluent <laughs> or, li- or like re- like a really high-pitched noise yeah right yeah you only... just lose that frequency <laughs> yeah actually i was in japan once in this like um sort of like underground shopping mall uh-huh. and i was going through a doorway and all of a sudden i was like ah! and and i turned to my friends and i was like don't you guys hear that and i looked like a crazy person and then i explained but like that I was hearing this extremely high pitched noise that yeah. like was hurting my brain. And my, um, my, one of my friends was like, Oh no, that's actually a thing. Like it's this high pitched noise that's like projected in the entryway of shopping centers and stuff so that kids won't loiter. And it's like a sound Whoa. that only like very young. Were you younger very, than your oh, friends your that they didn't hear? No, I just so have young really good ears. Heart. Amazing. It, young at ear. Young at young ear. At ear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my dad hears everything he has like he has like bat ears so i think this is genetic i think i inherited his bat ears yeah do you have perfect pitch no okay just bat ears got it (laughs) and your your dad i was i didn't i don't think i really knew about this but your dad had a family band what is the story there because i i feel like i know a lot about you but i didn't know that story which incidentally I started reading on, is it an ongoing HuffPost, Huffington Post blog that you're doing, or is it just a one-time thing? Because I started reading your story there, and I said, oh, oh, this would be good to hear about. That's the first one, so I don't know. Maybe there will be more, but the, yeah, that was just the first one. It was something that my publicist helped me put together. That's very cool. <laughs> um, so my family had a family band and my dad wrote the music. It was sort of like he put it together, but it was the whole family and he wrote the music. And sometimes, um, he would make us think that we were helping him write the music. <laughs> like we would sit around the table and like help him with ideas. And yeah. Stuff. Wait, so who was in the band yeah. with him? Me, my mom, my dad, my brother and my sister. Wow. Oh. And, um, older brother, sister. Yeah. I'm the youngest. Mm-hmm. And the, the title of the second album that we made was my title track, 
um, called Too Cute to Spank. And it was all about being the youngest of the three and getting everything I wanted, which isn't totally true. No. <laughs> no. Did you write the lyrics to that? No. God, I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> so where would you guys perform? Um, festivals and schools. Wow. Like, like, some, like summer, summer festivals. We played every year at the Pioneer Festival. And um, in North Carolina, was yeah, this? you like That's go and so stretch taffy oh and listen to the tune mammals. Um, <laughs> Is that where you grew up, North Carolina? Yep, okay. born oh. and raised. But we also played like I remember um, flying to California with the family to do. He also like wrote musicals and operas and stuff. Uh-huh. And so we did um, we did some performing in the musicals that he wrote like around America and then would do like an opening set of Toon Mammals and then do the musical in the second set. That's what it was called, Toon Mammals. Toon Mammals, right. yeah. And um, was he a composer by trade, by profession, or was he was that like a side thing for him? He is. He and is. Yeah, and he does all kinds of stuff. I mean, the, the folk music thing is just like something that he happens to be really great at because he's hilarious and can play everything. Um, but... Uh, He's a classical composer and he does like choral mu- sacred choral music and he wrote symphonies when we were kids and um he does a lot of like string writing, string quartets and stuff. He's a really amazing composer. Wow. One of my biggest influences. Clearly, yeah. And your yeah. mom too, is she also not so I'm- much a writer but a great singer. And um so when I was a kid, she was studying opera at the school where I eventually went and studied guitar at North Carolina School of the Arts. So I grew up listening to both of them sing correctly. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, they were both classically trained singers. So this was like meant to be, totally. Mm. I mean, either meant or you to be or right. forced upon. <laughs> right. So like, what are your brother and sister do now? Um, so my sister went to that same art school for ballet and then went on to become a professional ballet dancer who retired at the age of 20 um <laughs> why injury i mean just pain Wear and emotional and physical pain yeah. um she just got her second hip surgery Oof. from all of that Man. um so then she went on to study art and um at fordham okay. in new york and now she's like a superhero mom and she can do anything like she's she thinks she can't sing but she has an awesome voice and she's like she gives me the best advice about my music out of like anyone that I know like artistic advice or career advice both yeah she's just the greatest and um the greatest mom and then also she'll she'll just like one night instead of sleeping she'll she'll paint like a mural of Harold in the purple crayon like like going around the house wow. with his crayon, you know, yeah. like she's like extremely gifted. Yeah. And then my brother is genius composer, dude, like, like my dad, but all the other genres that my dad, <laughs> like, like they both are classical composers, uh-huh. but then my brother, um, he, his life is like a fusion of like, um, like soul and funk and R and B and classical and just everything. Like he, he and he like my dad also plays a bunch of instruments keyboards uh-huh. and guitars and bass and whatever and sings what a gift yeah to grow up like that that's amazing so i was in his band too in my brother's band too i guess it was our band but it felt like his band <laughs> when was that <laughs> um that was during 
That was at the end of high school and in the year off between high school and college. Okay. So what, mm-hmm. do you remember the first time having like a guitar in your hands or? Yeah. How old were you? Um, probably 10 or 11. I mean, not, not with a guitar in my hands. I mean, I probably held a guitar much younger than that. But the first time I remember trying to be taught something, it was actually funny. It was my stepmom who um, first tried to teach me something on the guitar and then I think my dad saw how quickly I picked up on it. And then he started giving me lessons all the time and guitars. He would like let me borrow his guitars. And um, and then... Were you good at practicing? Like, did you enjoy practicing? Like, did I was it become obsessed a, with You it. became obsessed. That's the key. I would, yeah, no, I was obsessed with it. And he broke it down in a way that m- made it really exciting and like... Like he would show me these like rhythmic kind of syncopated finger style patterns that I would, I've always been really obsessed with trying to figure out, you know, how to do two things at once. (laughs) So, you know, to have like the thumb going at a different rhythm than the, than the index and the middle finger was just like, I would do it all day. At what, so that came pretty early on that sort of like virtuosic tendency to be like oh i'm fancy you know you were just like i know how to play yeah. guitar well, like that's what separates the wheat from the chase right, right? like for some like, they look I, at that and they're like well, i'll never be able I'll to do never that even so gonna try. let me Done. like practice for 20 years and then try that yeah like i'm uh, like i can't even put my hands in the right position but like you at a young age were like "Ooh, i want to just get as complex as i can just have 10 guitar lessons with my dad and then you'll be mm-hmm. the wheat or the chai. I don't even know. Isn't that what happens when you don't wear um, shorts under a sundress on a really hot day? I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but I can see it. It's like C-H-A-F-E. No? And wheat? It's a phrase. Okay. I, it okay. Well, I had to teach Dara the word pup tent on this podcast, so don't look to her for definitions. Pup tent. Don't know it. Really? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, by the way, so <laughs> yes. wheat from the blisters, what is chafe? Yeah, ch- what are you separating? All right. All right. Talk amongst yourselves while I figure this out. <laughs> no, but what does it mean? It means that like the good from the bad. It separates the good from the bad. So you want the wheat. So like... So, the chafe okay, is so we're the talking bad, about learning something stuff. difficult on guitar. So like uh-huh. those who are good are going to embrace that challenge and learn how to do it. And those who aren't good I remember, are going right, to... But, what but we were talking about, like, I what specifically want to know what is chafe? which one's good and which one's bad. A wheat is good. Okay, got it. Yeah. I think chafe, or whatever the word is, chafe is a thing you don't want. sounds bad. It, it sounds... I would be surprised if wheat is not a happy, good word. Chafe, chafe sounds like it's going to hurt the next day. I misspelled it. C-H-A-F-F. Chaff. But that is this, that is how you spell chafe, I think. The proverbial phrase "separate the wheat from the whatever" may not be terribly <laughs> meaningful to you unless you happen to be a grain farmer, or come We're from the cat family where we <laughs> yeah. use these kinds of phrases. I don't know. Anyway, let's move along. <laughs> so I, I was an English major, not a music major. So pardon, pardon me over here. Pup tent. Yeah, okay. pup tent. Anyway, should we talk about pup tent? <laughs> no, okay. we've exhausted that subject. <laughs> okay. It's a little tent. It's like a three-pole tent. It's like the tiny little ones. Like a little pup. It's It's not a tent for dogs, as someone mistook it for. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking of tents for dogs. Uh, Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Take lessons with your dad. That would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I'll Um, let him know. So so you're 10 years old. You start your 
12 years old, you start doing crazy syncopations. I'm just guessing you were 12 um, a couple years later. So, and then you're like, I, I was at, at that point, you're like, this is life. This is everything. That sounds so romantic. That That's definitely how it <laughs> happened in the movie version uh-huh. of my life. Um, that's but what we're making, true by the way. Story. <laughs> um, in real life, I think, well, I guess this is sort of romantic that I was always making up songs from the beginning. Um, that sounds cool for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so from from my first moments of holding the guitar, I just was like oh and what if I tried this shape and what about this one and kind of finding sounds that oh. I liked and stuff and um wrote my first song maybe within that year um out of lyrics that I'd written in my diary and um and then what were those lyrics like what were it they was about like, sometimes when you think it's for the better you know it's out for the worse something like that um sometimes wicked curse you know and says something like that too bad you don't really remember and it was sort of it had like like basically i sounded exactly exactly like michael mcdonald but like female uh-huh uh-huh um so yep that that (laughs) uh and then i premiered it at my summer camp and uh it went really well was it an art summer camp Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no it was was like um sleep sleepover sports native american (laughs) hiking kind of a thing yeah where um in In asheville north carolina yeah can we remove the part of the podcast where I sang my song like oh. Michael McDonald? Oh, no, that's actually the not. only part that we're going to use. <laughs> we're going to use the intro yeah. also. Yes. <laughs> it's our new theme, at, theme music for Soul Sisters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where, does nature, do you like nature? I like it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right answer. What if I just took this criteria? <laughs> we have a plant in the middle of it's our okay, It's okay, it's dead. So if you yeah. hate nature, you could dig this plant still. It looks alive to me. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's a little dry. Dragon. A little crispy on the edges. <laughs> I mean, it's a succulent. Okay. <laughs> succulent. Okay. Um, so, camp, you're going, you're like, you're not yet saying to yourself, I need to just be in the arts all the time. I'm not, I'm going to go to a normal camp and be a normal, like you had a normal sort of high school experience, although it was the arts school. So let's rewind a little bit. Um, as a kid, aside from Toon Mammals, I was also doing tons of musicals and stuff. So at that age, I thought I either wanted to work at a zoo so I could play with monkeys whenever I wanted to because I was obsessed with monkeys or I would be like on Broadway. Like I was really, I really loved um, singing and dancing and acting on stage. Okay. Let's start with the monkey thing. Wait. Yes. I was totally with you. I was uh-huh. obsessed with monkeys. Wanted to have a pet <gasps> monkey and also work with monkeys like Jane Goodall. Can we would have been friends. We would have been such friends or enemies. Enemies. Greatest <laughs> Too enemies. Too close maybe. Because you would have been like so annoyed every time I was like, monkeys. <laughs> yeah. You would have been like, she doesn't like them That's as much. That's my thing. Exactly. <laughs> what is the monkey thing though? I think a lot of kids does have Does it that. come from friends? Whoa, no. No. Okay, <laughs> no. That was, it was my thing. <laughs> First of all, that's where it comes from. A monkey on friends would not make anyone want to have a monkey. <gasps> I guess. That 
monkey, Marcel. Candy the capuchin, was in my music video. I was just going to really? say, this, lived your dream. I it just... was the same monkey. Wait, he's still, that's an old monkey. That, yeah, yeah well, she, was, she was significantly longer. older than me. Wait, you know the monkey's real name? What's and Marcel's real name is? I thought you just said it. No, it's Katie. Marcel in the uh, show. Katie must well, be her real can name. Can you do the yeah, thing Marcel again in the show. where you look it yeah, up really everyone fast? Everyone knows that. Phone. She said the real name, though. What is That's it? What I'm Katie saying. the Capuchin. Yes. 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 You want okay. me to can fact, you see, fact check this? See, she has a reel, by the way. Oh, my God. Um, and still alive? a famous monkey. And an understudy. She was I don't know how to spell expensive. this She was She was the most expensive part of that music video. Is it Katie with a C? Katie with a K. Mm-hmm. Um, oh and her uh, her understudy's name was um, I can't remember. But <laughs> sounds she, like an expensive monkey to hire. It for was a music video. A very ex- a celebrity monkey. She had been in a lot of um, movies. She was in like Midnight at the Outbreak, Museum. Outbreak, I or would whatever. guess. Outbreak. Yes, she was in Outbreak. It's a rich monkey. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I think that I think that that was the same monkey unless i'm thinking of a different monkey that we actually didn't hire who's real i watched and i was like wow this monkey you actually went through you like casted the monkey you're like no katie did play marcel and friends played a boy yeah she played a boy in my music video too i put her in a little bow tie katie was really ahead of the curve on the whole gender fluidity thing you know so katie must be (laughs) katie must have been really young she must have been really young I think and really Katie's old now, like, because that would have been like nine, like ninety-seven ish. I think she's older than me. I think I'm in monkey years, I'm for sure. <laughs> what are monkey years? It's like a, the Daily Mail wrote a whole long article thing about her. Article thing, but anyway, uh, she just returned for a fashion shoot with Kendall Jenner last year. Jesus. Oh my god, she's not stopped. She's yeah, not she's slowing down. Still got it. That is a, that monkey is loaded. Oh my god, was that your first experience? working with a monkey it was my first experience like coming into any sort of contact with a monkey <laughs> was it your first have you had many experiences working with monkeys i know that's <laughs> the question. How, how was it working with a monkey <laughs> it was the kind do you ever have you should see this video by the way it's beautiful it's so playful and oh, fun thanks I love plug it. um plug. do you ever have those experiences where at the end you feel like you're on the verge of tears because you don't want it to be over. It was like that. Yeah, oh, that's like a good every experience. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Too real. Like I, I, like I missed her. Like I, that's I didn't so... even. I you miss Katie? Yeah. Well, as she was driving away, I was kind of like, <laughs> can I just get like a more solid goodbye? But they were like, nope. And then oh they were gone. Uh, it, the article says they can live up to forty-five years. She so. was. Okay. Wow. She's prime. She's totally kicking <laughs> it. Yeah. So to answer your question from 20 minutes ago, um, the the monkey, it was, yeah, at that point in my life, I was like, I either want to be on stage, actor, singer, dancer, like as a kid, or I want to find a way to yeah, be around. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or <laughs> With the words for that, I love it. Um, you were one of those monkey lovers that like read all the books and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. I was into it. <laughs> we would have been friends. Yeah. Um, and then around the age of 16, that was when I went, went to North Carolina School of the Arts to study classical guitar. And it was at that time that the lightning struck and I was like, oh, I don't really 
care for the theatrical side anymore or need it really I still love it I like if someone offered me a role in a play right now I would do it yeah but I don't need it what I want to focus all my attention on is just music cool so mm-hmm. do I have a, a false memory of you being in a Broadway show however so around that same time, <laughs> I'm like, you've lived both your dreams. Let's be, let's get to it. It, it was an off-Broadway <laughs> tour, national tour. Of what? The Secret Garden. Oh. Yeah. Were you, what's her face? Mm-hmm. I was that face. What's her name? Mary Lennox. Yeah. Okay. Oof. So that's, that's Just pretty close that to the dream. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty amazing. That was before the realization of I don't need this? That was at 10. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um... So you had you you had the bug and you got it sort of out of your system in that way. You're like, well, also because you're like touring as a Actually, kid. Actually, that's a very deep, um, that's a very astute point that you just made because I remember coming off that tour and being like, totally, um, what's the like word? disenchanted or yeah, I just like wanted to be a, a regular kid for a while and and like all the friends that I had before I left had like moved on yeah just moved <laughs> they were like we're, they went on they yeah exactly <laughs> it was a very lonely time and i was like well, that's hard do, and that's middle school get back to being normal nature again camp. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> nature camp. how do you do that You're so smart yeah um so okay also a national tour of a show at 10 that sounds rough mm-hmm. just in general you have a parent even with if you? you loved it. Yeah. My mom was in it too. Oh yeah, wow! So she was Lily. She played the part of the the dead aunt. Like she was like okay. a ghost uh-huh. for the How for the entire. Do I know. Oh my god! It's like my, it's like a crazy sad <gasps> song. <laughs> it's so crazy. Sing it, guys. Sing what? it. Let's hear it. But you're singing. Um, <laughs> I'm singing her the, the, the duet dead... between her and Uncle Archibald. <laughs> okay. What is what is one of Mary's songs? Come to. Oh wait, you're not getting, sorry, Mary is, is my is you, part. Yeah. Um the the one that's um I heard someone crying. Are you crying? I'm crying. It's like <laughs> Dara just turned into a corpse, everybody. I, I just <laughs> life drained out of her body. That show is just so like uh, <laughs> Do you love it more know. than Jekyll and Hyde? <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde Pop too. Quiz. I totally think where he's got his oh hair my down god, and then his song? Hair Oh my god, I love silly, cheesy songs from that show. Aww. But Secret Garden is just very emotional and intense. I need a place where I, I can go. go. I know that one. That's from Secret Garden. Oh, did you do a remix? What's no. that? <laughs> <laughs> that should definitely go on your next album okay Ooh, that'd be amazing <laughs> so on the road singing these very intense songs with your mama yeah then you come home and you're like all right let's chill oh in school in the back of the bus oh wow yeah and sometimes in hotel rooms it was like uh, it was me and the guy who played Colin and the girl who was my understudy and those were the only kids and we had like school every day mm-hmm. I would have been like that's my dream like I auditioned for Les Mis oh god for like King and I yeah like being on Broadway as a kid is just like it doesn't get better you know except that like then when you're living it maybe and you're doing homework on a bus and you're like you know, yeah I don't, I don't have any memories of not liking it mm-hmm. like I, I definitely had the time of my life but when you were done, you were done. Um, it just was like, 
it was it was a rough transition coming yeah. out of it. I so think. what grade were you in when you came back? Fifth. Good God. Yeah. What oh, a man. That's, that's like <laughs> brutal. So I came out of like fantasy land into, you know, hell, like yes. the pits of hell. Yes. Like going into middle school. Yeah. Just like girls are actually evil. And, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. awful. Mm-hmm. This, that is that is the that's the height of evilness amongst yeah. young women. Did you yeah. have you had you grown? Had you like spurred? It I up? was massive. <laughs> I was taller than any guy in my entire class, except for one guy whose name is Robert Parsley. And and he's still really tall. And he's also related to me now by marriage. Kind what? of. Who do you marry? Um, his brother married my cousin. Okay. Yeah. Hilarious. But I remember once being lined up for um, track. I think it was for track. And they had us line up by height. And I was second to last in the line out of the entire class behind Robert Par- Parsley. Wow. Yeah. You mean entire grade? Uh, entire grade. Cl- yeah. The whole grade. Yeah. yeah. It's an odd were exercise. You the, was, were you tall early? Yeah. Ask mm-hmm. the short girl. Okay. <laughs> you were tall? Yeah. And likes monkeys. Yeah. Aww. Oh. Maybe doppelgangers. Maybe there's so like good. a maybe there's something there about being tall and liking monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's mean to us and we just want to return to the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> Hide away from society short with our primate friends who can't <laughs> talk. <laughs> <laughs> be mean calls in yeah were you do you remember what you were listening to in those days oh gosh um tori amos mm-hmm. mm. for sure um a little bit of paula abdul mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of janet jackson okay all the classics um a little bit of mc hammer mm-hmm. yep yep um something smells good all of a sudden oh it's the it's candle the candles yeah They're hitting their stride yeah <laughs> and then like you know, a few years later, Bjork and mm-hmm. Radiohead. That's when you started getting more heady about yeah, it. Yeah, that was when I was like, whatever, fuck it, I'm tall, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can be a nerd about, about this. It. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. Um, I was just going to ask him. So you started playing music in school? Um, like, were you doing the band thing? Actually, okay, so back to monkey age, um, <laughs> I was playing flute, okay. which I still have. Um, I still have my second flute. My first one I left on top of my dad's car when we were driving to flute practice. Um, Couldn't find it? No, I found it. Um, Yeah, so flute and then guitar. And I went to boarding school for my first two years of high school. Why? Um, There are multiple versions of that story. Were you sent away? I think partly because I was destroying my family. No, I'm just kidding. I was hoping you'd have a story like that. Right, Don't yeah. tease me. <laughs> Multiple um, addictions. I mean, it was this school was um, they advertised a really heavy arts program, okay. but then I got there and it was like sports all the way, mm. and so it was it was um, not the greatest environment for me. And then where was it? Um, in New Jersey. Really? Yeah. Well, far. Yeah. What's that? Far from home. Yep. Yeah. Far from home. Yeah, it was a crazy experience. So you lasted two years. I lasted two years. And then I went to my dream school. With the, I'd always wanted to go to North Carolina School of the Arts because as a kid, I was like the the little girl in, in their plays. Okay. Like they would like call my family and be like, is Becca available for six characters in search of an author? <laughs> um, she only has to get blown up once at the end of the show. You know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Do you guys know that? No. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> then you didn't get the joke. Um, so yeah, I'd 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 always like had a crush on that school, and uh-huh. my I was. I took ballet there as a kid in the preparatory dance program and then, you know, like idolized my sister because she went there and my mom went there for her master's. And and so um, when I left Petty, I was like, Petty's the name of the of the school in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> name dropping. <laughs> I probably Are there any famous that. alums there? Um, just me. Um, (laughs) you didn't graduate though (laughs) yeah i don't get invited to any of their reunions functions i actually don't get invited to any reunions come to think of it i've never been about new school no i've never been invited to anything burning bridges yeah (laughs) (laughs) everywhere sends you away (laughs) um wait what was i saying Uh, so after you it was your dream to go to Oh, yeah. So I was faced with this opportunity and I was sort of going through the list of what I could study there. And I didn't want to be an opera singer. It was too uncool because both my parents were Uh opera singers um, and wasn't into that kind of singing. Mm -hmm. And now I am, but it wasn't at the time. And then ballet was sort of Katie's thing, my sister. And acting, I totally would have done it, but it started... A year later, it was like senior year was when the program started. And I was like, well, sh- what am I going to do? And my mom, um, in her cute way, was like, well, why don't you study guitar there? And I was like, yeah, right. That's There's no way I'll get accepted. And then I did. Oh, look at that. And that changed the entire course of my life. Oh. Wow. So you, it wasn't something that you were sort of being like pushed mentally into. You had to like go there. Yeah. I mean, it just, I guess, because of how naturally you were able to do all of the sort of fancy things, I'll call it. I don't know, though, because I, I mean, I think I had a pretty basic, I think I still have a pretty basic understanding of the guitar. Like, I, I went in and played like a blues tune that my dad taught me that was like kind of Robert Johnson style. And they were like, perfect, because you don't have any bad habits yet. And you seem like a hard worker. So let's let's do this. And I, uh, I never would have expected that turn of events in my life. I never would have thought, you know, a year before I'll end up studying guitar, Mm -hmm. you know? And then when did it click and you're like, Oh, this is it. Like, this is really the best music in general, 16, which was right around that time. It was like in my first few months of being in that environment and being like, yeah, music and also missing sort of craving it was during those two two last years of high school that I was like really craving just being alone with my voice Hmm. um instead of you know studying an instrument or performing you know just like just like focusing on the voice again because that has always been my most comfortable um means of expression and like outlet it's like very it's a very fluent world for me whereas guitar will never be easy you still feel that way oh yeah I don't understand it. Wow. Don't tell anyone though. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy. I mean, pause. isn't that isn't that like amazing to hear? I find what is because that someone who is so so fluent and so proficient and so extraordinary on guitar feels that way. Yeah. And I mean right. that's I mean that's the thing about life, you know, mm-hmm. that like you can be excellent in something and still feel like there's, you know. But I think 
it goes hand in hand with being really good at something that you feel like you're never good enough at it. And that's what pushes you to sure. become so good at it huh. and to continue excelling in it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, yeah. yeah. A lot of artists are insecure about their greatest strengths and yeah, right. pushes them. Uh. Blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so was, was there heavy ear training and theory and all that stuff in that school? There was, which was... um How'd you like that? I love ear training. Um, I, I was so good at ear training coming to new school that they passed me out of all my um, piano classes and into like the most advanced class. And I was like, sweet. And then I got to class and in like the first day I had to come clean and like tell the teacher because he was like going Who around the it? room to... Um, what is his name? The guy? Okay, no, no. He no. had an Israeli name. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. No, okay. No. Okay. Um, he, he talked about the comp- competent incompetence and all the, the four different... Anyway, I can't remember his name right now. Very something... Okay. <laughs> um, Did you study that? Oh my God, no! Okay. Really? Oh, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Ear training was very challenging and not fun for me. Oh, yeah. And you were allowed to not be study in the it? low in the low classes. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait. So I feel like we okay, should talk now, about now how you guys know each other. Well, if we're gonna get to the new school, uh huh. I was thinking about this today. So we both went to the new school. Becca was a senior. I was a freshman. I was trying to think today of when we met and how we became friendly. And I can't remember because we would you. not have. <laughs> I tripped you and threw your books. <laughs> you pulled my hair. Yeah. You a wedgie. Classic like, tall oh, girl move. Yeah. <laughs> Acting out. Uh. No, but I mean, we wouldn't have, we certainly would not have any classes together. Because um, I was in the low classes for all for ear training and theory and things like that. So I'm, I was trying to think of how we would have met. And it, maybe it was just, you know, I was friendly with a camera and you were friendly back to me. <laughs> I remember you being super smiley and cool. <laughs> that sounds right. That was CMO. So, so basically, so I, Beck and I became friendly because I was starting the documentary that I'm finishing now, oh. 10 years ago. And you were one of the most generous and open and kind musicians that i met at the wow. time and, and so what was it about becca that made you want to train your camera oh, she was her. she was famous at this school no really? you don't know this no i'm sure you don't know this and i'm exaggerating just a tiny bit but among 
freshmen and singers and my friends. I mean, it was like, oh, did you go to Becca's like show or did you see Becca's? <sighs> my headphones are getting really tight. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, if you were you were a big senior, and still for the new school, you're a big shot. What? Yeah, oh, I'm gonna she, she's on the like weep. famous alumni page you are. list thing on their website. Did you know? You're on you there. that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but that's but, cool. Yeah, that's it's so very cute. cool. And we I followed you around. You let me come to rehearsals and to just like just come to your shows and things like that and and videotape you. Weren't we in like a, the, a vocal ensemble together? I, I want to say definitely not. And also I was filming everything at the time, so I wouldn't actually know that. And no, we weren't. Oh, so maybe I just remember you being in the room. I was just in every room <laughs> at the new school in like 2006. That's everyone's memory of her just creeping in a corner somewhere. Yeah, right. With a camera. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but that was the very beginning. Well, 2006. So you went into the new school in like t- 2002? Yeah. No, three, three. Because I took a year off. In between high school and college. Mm-hmm. Why? To just get my life together. Yeah. What do I want? You're no, like, I, really? We're so aimless. You have I no idea what you want. You. I played in my brother's band. I played right. in Gomachi was the name of the band. And I also um, worked at a daycare. Okay. Those were some sleepless nights. Yeah. Like up late playing in a rock band and then waking up to... Oh, daycare starts early. I was sick all the time. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I don't know if I want to go to college. I don't know what to do or what. Um, or you thought you did. No, but you I just knew I wanted time. to go to college, but um, the band was taking off and I had to make a decision between do I go to college now or do we give it a year and mm-hmm. see what happens? And there wasn't any idea of like, I don't need to go to college. I, I, you know, I'm a musician and I can start from here. Um, I think I, I really craved the the college experience by the time by the time I decided to go I was like I really wanted to go which I think um I think is sorry I'm losing my train of thought I think that kids should be offered that opportunity if they want it because then I realized once I got to the school that I actually appreciated being there more than a lot of my classmates who were like just kind of checked out Mm -hmm. because they didn't get that time off to like be like oh I want to do this yeah I think that's important um, how did you choose the new school over like Manus or Manhattan or like something more classical? Fun fact. It was the only school that I applied to. Whoa. Yeah. I really put all my eggs in one basket. <laughs> what made you, what made it so appealing? <clears throat> my sister had been living in New York and I would go visit her when I was at Petty. I would go visit her and I was just like obsessed with being there. And, um, specifically the neighborhood of the new school and like just stuff that I'd read about it and um, alumni. And I just wanted to go to that one. Were you very into jazz by then? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was like my um, uh, rebellion against the classical world. It was like my secret <laughs> little, my se- my secret little world that I mm-hmm. would get lost in. Cause in North Carolina you stuck with mostly classical. I was studying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we interrupted your your new school story. Oh no, no, I don't know what my new school story. I um, basically Becca wants to hear more about how famous she was. No, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, be, because by the time that we met, you had already. I think it must have just um, formed the Becca Stevens band, and I don't know if oh, the that album was out when you were in college. Mm-hmm. Got it. 
Was T by C out? Was the album out? That was recorded the summer after I graduated. Okay. And it was all stuff that I played on my senior recital. So tell us about the writing of that and the process of like being like, oh, Becca Stevens band, which still exists now, 10 years later. And how are you? And more now than you 10 have, years. N- more, not more oh, than 10 years. more than 10. Yeah. 10 years after well, yeah. I graduated. Yeah. Yeah. And you have now three albums out with the band. Uh-huh. You've been touring with the band and also with other people. We're now like, so like, can you, are you reflective of this at this point? Like looking back, are you like after Perfect Animal came out and you said, look at, you know, looking back. Does that strike you as like a long period of time to have been working on something and with the same group of people? 10 years? Yeah, I don't I mean, that was a long convoluted question. I want to know which <laughs> question you want me to answer. Just reflect. Okay. <laughs> she wants to know how good you are at answering questions. Um, that was a point of that. <laughs> my brain is shutting down. Am I supposed okay. to be saying something I'm right sorry. now? <laughs> Help. Okay, a let's say I'll take I'll classic make it simple. soul sisters moment. <laughs> Convoluted questions. We both did. Okay. Um, what was the process of writing T by C? And were you with that? We were you with Becca Stevens band at the time? So T by C <laughs> was sort of a amalgamation. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Yes, it my, is. My brain's Probably coming back. Pronounced. We're back in back firing in, back yes. in the game. <laughs> pew, pew. Um <clears throat> So of songs that I'd written from like the age of 16 to what, however old I was at that point, 22 or something. Um, and it was my first album. So I, I could sort of pick and choose all the good stuff over the years. And then I also used like homework assignments. I think the in the midst was a, a homework assignment for Rory Stewart's advanced rhythmic concepts class. And, um, you know, as I was writing it, I was like, oh, I could play this with my band. Although, I don't know if I had my band yet. But I, I remembered, like, it, in my assignments in school, I would always try to write stuff that I would be able to play again. Sort of kill two birds with one stone. And um, The Riddle was on that album, and that was something that I wrote for Rory's class. Um, Were you like thinking the- at this time, okay, I have a band now. Like, this, ha- I'm focusing on that effort. Or was it? Yeah. More like I've written the song so guys so like Liam play with me. Yeah. And I I mean I think I w- if I either had the band or I wanted to put one together and knew that I should work on material that I would feel proud to perform, you know. And um there was another one off the chart that I wrote for Jane Ira Bloom's linear comp class and um and that one was I mean that like that whole class was mind blowing. It changed my composing completely um she she's like both rory and jane were were some of my favorite teachers of that class but anyway um so yeah there were some assignments that ended up on the record there were also some other ones that i did like on the side and then i picked and choose stuff from earlier years of my songwriting and then we went into a studio in in new jersey the it's not there anymore um the uh the one that Tony Bennett's son owned. Mm. Shoot, I don't know. I've completely. Was that cool snapping you just did? It was just my finger on the palm on the palms of my hands. I'm fascinated by that. This I really freaks out my sister. Yeah. Wow, it's impressive. Anyway, <laughs> body percussion. <laughs> so the album came out, and how how was that? I mean, it was no big deal. Like I just yeah. threw it up on iTunes. It was no. Did you at that? 
time? Yeah, that was all. I put it on CD Baby and iTunes, mm-hmm. and I think it was like 2006 yeah. or something. And um, uh, no, maybe 2008 because I graduated in 07. And then that was it. I didn't do any kind of official release or anything, and uh-huh. I, I didn't have any sort of label. Okay. I just put it out into the world. And I had it on my MySpace page. Uh-huh. And then some people reached out to me. Like, from MySpace, I met Taylor Eigsty. He was, like, checking out T by C on MySpace and was like, do you want to sing in a band with me and Eric Harland and Gretchen Parlato and Julian Lodge and Harish Raghavan and... Um, I'm leaving people out, but it was like, you know, MySpace. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. And that was also how I, I think it was either MySpace or Facebook was how I got connected with Billy Childs too. Okay. Wow. And that was back, back in like around 2008. Crazy. A mm, little later like for that. Billy. Yeah. And then you've been singing with Gretchen consistently and yeah. Billy Childs and yeah. Yeah. Doing multiple projects. I feel like, I feel like if you look at your tour schedule, it's all it's it's someone different almost from week to week that you're playing with. Huh. Does it feel like that? Some yeah, sometimes. Is that yeah. accurate? It is sometimes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Did then, you hear my stomach? Was I that me? That was mine. I can't even tell who's who because of these microphones. I just grabbed my stomach. I was like, oh fuck. <gasps> okay. It could have been all of us together. It's dinner time, everybody. <laughs> Let's eat these plants. Yeah. Um are we trying to rush this thing? Hold on, let me see what else I No, we're not trying to rush. I'm not in a hurry. All right. Never mind my stomach. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so from then, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to angle my chair. Cool. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's good. I hope you're still in the frame. I'm in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shuffle back. <laughs> uh, then you wrote Weightless, right? Yes. Yes. Was that a different process? Was that. I heard I I read that that was a different process from at least Perfect Animal, at least the recording of it, and your mindset being, this is going to be very organic. It's gonna we're gonna record it as we can play it, and that Perfect Animal is now an album that with a little bit more of production. Yeah. So I'm curious the different mindsets that you're going in with that album versus Perfect Animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both T by C and Perfect Animal it was like fun house studio time like what are we gonna overdub next you know and then um t by c was i'm sorry weightless was the one where we had like okay we've got four days in the studio um we're gonna strip it down to just what we would play live you know what we what you would hear if we were playing for you live and that's it with maybe the exception of just like a couple vocal overdubs and maybe a few fixes and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um what but, uh, was the what was the thinking behind that and the switch of thinking back like did you experience that and say that was great but you know now I want to try something new or like that wasn't so great the first you know, one <laughs> yeah but it was just time to try something new yeah i i would do it that way again i just um i think i was like craving i i wanted to i i sat back and I looked at the music that I had for Perfect Animal and I thought this music would really speak well if it was treated a certain way and I thought that the best way to treat that was to hire a certain kind of producer and to um, really take advantage of the opportunities of the studio is that um, is there like a um, 
a contradiction within a genre like jazz to a lots of overdubs and lots of production that like, you know, if you want to sort of be a purist about things that, you know, you really should stick to what, what you're playing live hmm. versus a more modern contemporary approach. I mean, you know, it, you're not, you're not going it's so funny, far as like being computer music. Yeah. You're not like going to have a laptop on stage and things like that. But, you know, do you, I mean, I don't know. It sounds like you don't really experience this line, but I'm curious in general, if you feel like jazz, where we come from, the school that we come from, yeah. let's say, um, there's there's an ethos of what jazz what jazz is. The tradition is it's uh-huh. you're playing your instruments and it's heavily based in improv. And so overdubs and thoughts of production is antithetical to that in a way. I hardly think about jazz when I'm writing or when I'm performing or when I'm recording. And your music it, is not jazz. I don't now. think so. So often. Um, the jazz question or the genre question uh-huh. is sort of based in jazz <laughs> throws me off, like takes me off yeah. guard when I, when I hear it, because I'm like, wow, people still think I play jazz, which is fine. I'm, it's not, and you're just, playing a jazz festival. Like, Oh, I play, week, right? I play oh. jazz festivals all the time. Do you and tailor the music at all when you do that? Does it change? No, no. Uh-uh. Okay. Um, and it's it it's not a negative thing at all because yeah. like i said it was like such a huge part of my identity mm-hmm. and um and it was it is something that i think is one of the most beautiful art forms like it's you know they're just these songs but they have the most um like w- wide range of of just like gorgeous melodies and and interesting rhythmic counterparts mm-hmm. and you know i just i think it's a beautiful art form so it's not like i hear it and i'm like ew or yes. anything like that it's just sort of it just kind of it makes me kind of cock my head and go huh well yeah. i don't know is there a way that you're described that that sits especially well with you it's not there's not one where i'm like that's it that's mm-hmm. who i am mm-hmm. i haven't had that feeling yet Mm-hmm. But I don't really want to. Sure, right. Because it could be one song, maybe one song could be described a certain way and I would be like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. Or an album could be des- described a certain way. But if I, if I, as an entire entity, was described a certain way, I would think, well, that doesn't really apply because it was different a year ago and it's going to be different in a year again. Do you find that makes marketing and publicity... Impossible. More challenging, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is a funny, it's a funny nut to crack because that's everyone. We all, that's what we do as listeners or eaters mm-hmm. or anything. Like when you're experiencing something, your initial reaction is, okay, how can I put this in a box to help me understand it more? It's like, ooh, this reminds me of a blend between um, Leanne Rhymes and um, Limp Biscuit, Or, you know, like you just... Um, that's what we do. Yeah. And, um, so, but when you're on the artist end of that, you're not thinking about, I'm going to write a song that's a blend between Leanne Rhymes and Limp Bizkit. Right. Right. Or you shouldn't be anyway. Or you can. There are yeah, people, right. people do. There that's are people who way to go about it though. They're all, it's all dangerous. <laughs> yeah. But like artistically <laughs> dangerous. Or, yeah. Depending on what Maybe. your goal is. You might yeah. not sleep well at night, though. Yeah. Or you in your piles of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really you comfortable sleep bed. on right. a golden mattress. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but now you have an entire team, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like you have a um, record label? No. Nope. Oh, I thought you did. <laughs> not anymore. Oh, is that? 
recent uh-huh. I, thought I, j- I thought at your birthday show at rockwood i know that and was oh, like the last recent. day <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. Yeah. Well, okay. So you can throw that card away. <laughs> you're like, you're like. I was like, hello. I'm making putting, a documentary about yeah. Becca. <laughs> you're putting me on this pedestal. I'm gonna mark each of them off yeah, one no by way. one. You have a house. Nope. <laughs> uh, dental. You have plan? a tour, a tour bus. No. <laughs> no, I don't no, actually. I don't. Yeah. She um, <laughs> Uh Interesting. Is that a story you want to? nope okay (laughs) no no it was just um they released perfect animal and they're not releasing regina and i'm going to self-fund it and do another pledge campaign because i loved that the i did a pledge campaign for perfect animal before universal came on board and um the the artist platform um so it's it's called pledge music and it's like a it's like a fan to artist cool fundraising thing and you you come up with all these different like exclusive things that you can that only you can give yeah Yeah. and um how much did you raise um i think something like twenty thousand dollars nice yeah and then how far did that get you did you have to halfway yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) it's better than no way Yeah. Yeah. yeah um but then universal came on and they gave a little extra support mm-hmm. too and um and then some of the licensing deals that I got like in Japan I got a little extra support so it ended up I ended up not going too far in the hole on that record yeah um but I'm tr- going to try to kick it up a notch on this one and see what I can do and you know I have a lot of thoughts about the industry the state that it's in right now I don't blame anyone for not wanting to sign an artist that doesn't make you know millions of dollars because there's no money in the industry right now Mm -hmm. there's not money at labels there's not um we don't sell records like records are down 85 percent just this year record sales which is crazy Crazy. and um so yeah i don't i don't blame anyone was did they put any pressure on you to change so that they could start selling your stuff before um, you guys parted or just it, it was what it was i mean there was a a trip that was awesome. There was like a, a trip that was paid for where I went out and wrote with other people and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't see that as pressure. It was more like a challenge, mm-hmm. you know, it was like a, we see potential, let's get the best possible. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, there is that sort of thing. Like, I think if we pair you up with, um, this kind of person who, who writes hits all the time then you know um that'll rub off on you (laughs) right you'll get it but but i got awesome things out of that experience Mm -hmm. i got a a, you know i had a wonderful experience with them while it lasted and then there was a a merge that happened between universal and verve and blue note i think and um and as a result the whole crew changed. Mm. And so after the crew changed, it was like, all right, well, let's sort of reconfigure. And that was how that went down. Mm -hmm. Would you like to be on? I mean, even though knowing how kind of messy the industry is right now, is a label even something that sounds, you know, like a goal at all? Or like you can totally do it on your own now and everyone's doing it on their own. That's a very great question. Um, 
the the experience I, I I had already been having some doubts when I was about to sign on to the next record and they had the option so I didn't really have a choice so I was just like all right I'm gonna go gung-ho and and give this another record and see what happens but the experience of having it not go the way that I expected it to go um made me realize that I kind of didn't want to anyway because there are things there are aspects of that relationship that make me feel really nervous mm-hmm. such as giving up the rights to your music forever um like if it's an artist deal you know mm-hmm. um and then and then being whatever like sixty thousand dollars in debt to a company and then even after you make that money back you only get like something like 50 percent of your record sales and it's just all this stuff that kind of takes your power away mm-hmm. like as a as an artist it's it's not a very empowering relationship there's there are already so many things as a band leader that I have to pay for and then to have more coming out of that is like you just start to feel kind of beat down and um I've been talking to Mike League who started Ground Up which is awesome label that um he and Corey Henry a bunch of the snarky puppy guys and Michelle um Michelle Willis and David Crosby and all these people are like putting out records on that label and he has a really level head about everything in general but like you know in this label he's like we're not selling records anymore no one's selling records but what we do is protect the rights of the artists and we protect the arts like art first and so something like that That's, feels yeah. really good right now mm-hmm. <laughs> you know kind of necessary yeah, right yeah but you did just come out with vinyl I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! Yay! <laughs> it took like, my delayed reaction was because it took like so long to get that to happen. Um, Why? Well. There's not many places that do it. Still, well, yeah. At, at really? First, Even though it's coming back? It's, it's back? There's like a vinyl shortage in the universe, first of all. <laughs> like the material? What does I that mean? Maybe it's the, the lacquer, um, the the live what's the word here we are again is, here we are again is this old the friend. same word okay the wheat from the no i don't know what word you're saying there's like the thing that presses the vinyl oh. i think it's called a live okay l-y-t-h-e check me on it i don't freaking know um am i allowed to cuss on this podcast yes yes so there so the the live i think is what it's called i think there's like a shortage of them the thing that presses the vinyl and maybe vinyl but but also universal so i i started the pledge campaign before i before i met the people at universal that like the record was done and i had already promised like 200 people records and then went lathe thank you very close and then um and then when I signed the deal with them, I was like, oh, by the way, I'm going to be pressing vinyl. And they're like, we don't press vinyl. So there was like a long process of oh, like okay. finding finding out, you know, contractually how we wor- would work that out. Mm-hmm. So it started out as one of the gifts for. Yes. The for the pledgers. Yeah. It seems totally. like a good thing to have at a merch table, too. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. And you can sign your signature with like your full arm's length. There you go. Because no one needs a CD because they're going to stream it or whatever. Yeah. But vinyl is still special. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Still feels cool to buy. It's the best. Mm -hmm. It looks really good. Your album? Yeah. The record? I think it looks way better on vinyl than it does. Interesting. CD. Cool. How pretty. (gasps) So are you touring right now? I feel like we caught you in between 
crazy things. Yep. Tomorrow I go to London and Nice. Actually, the other way around, Nice and London. Nice. Um, Nice. Nice. And then (laughs) you're like, it's pronounced Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And then on your own or with Becca Stevens band or with who? That's with my band. And then going to Portugal and then to LA to do some writing and recording with David Crosby. Cool. And then, the David Crosby, the one and only. Well, there's probably like hundreds of others, but no, he's... you said that at your show, and I think we were like mm-hmm. Crosby, <laughs> like the David Crosby. That's crazy. Yeah. Have I... you met him yet? Yes, I'm dear friends with him and his wife. We love each other very much. Well, that's nice. That's Watch very your cool. toes. We're dropping names. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do you get to spend at home? Um, ne- is Not. never an option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have an apartment here? I do. Yeah. I just had like four days of homeness and it was barely enough. And also sort of weirdly by the end, it felt like too much. Yeah. Like Uh-oh. I started to get a little stir crazy. Wow. Um, but I also didn't leave very much yeah. because I was <laughs> writing music. And so there were, there was like a 48 hour period where I literally did not leave my apartment. Uh-huh. Hit up that seamless. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Food kick. What's that? that? Oh, can't keep up. What is that? Food Kick is like an, uh, an app. It's like a, a a nephew of Fresh Direct. Okay. Um, I think it's owned by Fresh Direct, and and you, it's an app, and you uh-huh. click the things that you want, and they arrive within like thirty minutes to an hour. Well, ingredients to make food or ingredients, food? groceries. It could even be like toilet paper. Amazing. Food Kick. Food kick. It's amazing. And then they show up on these like bicycles with little purple caravans. And I love purple. Now that you've said that, I'm probably going to see them everywhere. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of those things. You're in a writing mode? Yes. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's terrifying right now. I'm in the very scary, terrified, oh my gosh, do I, am I bad at writing music? I'm running out of time phase. Mm-hmm. Why running out of time? Because I'm going into the studio in August. I'm technically end of July because I'm doing that thing with Kroz. With your band. So is this with your band or? In August. Okay. I'm Actually, no. In August, I'll be in, for the most of August, I'll be in London with this amazing producer, Troy Miller, who did Laura Mvula's last record and last two records and plays in her band. And so we'll, I'll be doing stuff with him for like 10 days and then stuff with Jacob Collier for a few days. And then coming back to New York and doing a week with my band in New York. My voice is trembling as I'm saying this. Um, From anxiety. how much there is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's just so much yeah. music to get done. But you have new songs already ready. I have like 20 wow. that I've been working on, but none of them feel ready. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. But is this a familiar feeling? Yes. Okay. Yeah. This is what you, you do this. probably. Yeah. Today, I had this epiphany. It was like a mixture between a, an epiphany and a memory. I was like, oh, yeah, this happens a word every for time. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. It must be. <laughs> Let's make one up. <laughs> An a pure memory. <laughs> Sounds as good as all the other words right. we've been throwing around today. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I was like really beating myself up and be- and thinking, do I just suck at writing music now? Like I can't 
remember how to get to the like the core. I couldn't. I was just. I was doing yoga. I was like washing my dishes, doing all the things that always work, and I couldn't get there. And then I remembered. What did you remember? I remembered that this has happened with all of my songs that are my favorite songs to play. Yes. And there's not any trick that you discover, right? It just eventually comes. I think the only trick is to just relax and know that you'll get there if you just keep, you just have to keep plugging away at it. Mm -hmm. We've been in different life stages. Are you, was when you wrote perfect animal, were you in love? Was I in love? Yeah. It was. Yeah. Like, is it, is it easier if there's like a, I was a mixture. Uh, I was, that was like two relationships worth of writing. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in love. I was out of love. Mm-hmm. I was all over the all love. The things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, having pressure to write, man, that's, you can do that too. Yeah. I'm well, really... sometimes that's what you need though. Yeah. It can be Ouch. a blessing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Deadlines. Deadlines. They're the best. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> what are we going to hear? We have two. I have... still haven't decided. What's on the table, Becca? A Tarango. I, well, oh. It was a funny question because it sounded like, what's on the table? Um, a charango and a ukulele. I bought my dad a charango mm. when I was in Argentina a few did years you? ago. Was I it did. armadillo shell? Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. I had the option to buy one of those, and I got the wooden one instead. It's beautiful. Yeah. So on charango, I could play I Asked or Traveler's Blessing or a brand new song or... Um, Ukulele, I could do a cover or Canyon Dust or... It would be special to hear a new song. Okay, let's do it. There you go. Great.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.